Letter ninety eight of Pamela, volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pamela, volume two by Samuel Richardson. Letter ninety eight from Mrs. B to her father and mother. Ever dear and ever honored. I must write this one letter, although I have had the happiness to see you so lately, because Mr. B. is now about to honor me with the tour he so kindly promised, and it may therefore be several months, perhaps, before I have again the pleasure of paying you the like dutiful respects. You know his kind promise that he would for every dear baby I present him with, take an excursion with me afterwards, in order to establish and confirm my health. The task I have undertaken of dedicating all my writing amusements to the dearest of men, the full employment I have when at home, the frequent rambles he has so often indulged me in with my dear Miss Goodwin, to Kent, London, Bedfordshire, Lincolnshire, and to my Lady Davers, take from me the necessity of writing to you, to my Miss Darnford, that was, and to Lady Davers, so often as I formerly thought myself obliged to do, when I saw all my worthy friends so seldom. The same things, moreover, with little variation occurring this year, as to our conversations visits friends employments and amusements that fell out the last as must be the case in a family so uniform and methodical as ours i have for these reasons more leisure to pursue my domestic duties which are increased upon me and when i have said that i am every day more and more happy in my beloved mr b in miss goodwin my billy my davers and now newly in my sweet little pamela for so you know lady davers would have her called rather than by her own name what can i say more as to the tour i spoke of you know the first part of mr b s obliging scheme is to carry me to france for he has already travelled with me over the greatest part of england and i am sure by my passage last year to the isle of wight i shall not be afraid of crossing the water from dover thither and he will when we are at paris he says take my farther directions that was his kind expression whither to go next my lord and lady davers are so good as to promise to accompany us to paris provided mr b will give them our company to aix-la-chapelle for a month or six weeks whither my lord is advised to go and mr h if he can get over his fear of crossing the salt water is to be of the party lady g miss darnford that was who likewise has lately lain in of a fine daughter and i are to correspond as opportunity offers and she promises to send you what i write as formerly but i have refused to say one word in my letters of the manners customs curiosities etc of the places we see because first i shall not have leisure and next those things are so much better described in books written by persons who made stricter and better observations than i can pretend to make so that what i shall write will relate only to our private selves and be as brief as possible 
if we are to do as mr b has it in his thoughts he intends to be out of england two years but how can i bear that if for your sakes only and for those of my dear babies but this must be my time my only time mr b says to ramble and see distant places and countries for as soon as his little ones are capable of my instructions and begin to understand my looks and signs he will not spare me from them a week together and he is so kind as to propose that my dear bold boy for every one sees how greatly he resembles his papa in his dear forward spirit shall go with us and this pleases miss goodwin highly who is very fond of him and my little davers but vows she will never love so well my pretty black-eyed pamela you see what a sweet girl miss is and you admired her much did i tell you what she said to me when first she saw you both with your silver hairs and reverend countenances madam i dare say your papa and mamma honoured their father and mother they did my dear but what is your reason for saying so because they have lived so long in the land which the lord their god has given them i took the charmer in my arms and kissed her three or four times as she deserved for was not this very pretty in the child i must with inexpressible pleasure write you word how happily god's providence has now at last turned that affair which once made me so uneasy in relation to the fine countess who has been some time abroad of whom you had heard as you told me some reports which had you known at the time, would have made you very apprehensive for Mr. B.'s morals as well as for my repose. I will now, because I can do it with the highest pleasure by reason of the event it has produced, explain that dark affair so far as shall make you judges of my present joy, although I had hitherto avoided entering into that subject to you. For now I think myself, by God's grace, secure to the affection and fidelity of the best of husbands, and that from the worthiest motives, as you shall hear. There was but one thing wanting to complete all the happiness I wished for in this life, which was the remote hope I had entertained that one day my dear Mr. B., who from a licentious gentleman became a moralist, would be so touched by the divine grace as to become in time more than moral, a religious man, and at last join in the duties which he had the goodness to countenance for this reason i began with mere indispensables i crowded not his gates with objects of charity i visited them at their homes and relieved them distinguishing the worthy indigent made so by unavoidable accidents and casualties from the wilfully or perversely or sottishly such by greater marks of my favour i confine my morning and evening devotions to my own private closet lest i should give offence and discouragement to so gay a temper so unaccustomed poor gentleman to acts of devotion and piety whilst i met his household together only on mornings and evenings of the sabbath day to prepare them for their public duties in the one and in hopes to confirm them in what they had heard at church in the other leaving them to their own reflections for the rest of the week, after I had suggested a method I wished them to follow, and in which they constantly obliged me. 
This good order had its desired effect, and our Sabbath-day assemblies were held with so little parade that we were hardly any of us missed. All, in short, was done with cheerful ease and composure, and every one of us was better disposed to our domestic duties, I to attend the good pleasure of my best friend, and they that of us both. Thus we went on very happily, my neighborly visits of charity taking up no more time than common airings, and passing many of them for such, my private duties being only between my first, my heavenly benefactor, and myself, and my family ones personally confined to the day separated for these best of services, and Mr. B., pleased with my manner, beheld the good effects, and countenanced me by his praises and his endearments as acting discreetly as not falling into enthusiasm and as he used to say as not aiming at being righteous overmuch but still i wanted and waited for with humble patience and made it part of my constant prayers that the divine grace would at last touch his heart and make him more than a countenancer more than an applauder of my duties that he might for his own dear sake become a partaker in them and then thought i when we can hand in hand heart in heart one spirit as well as one flesh join in the same closet in the same prayers and thanksgiving what a happy creature shall i be i say closet for i durst not aspire so high as to hope the favour of his company among his servants in our sunday devotions i knew it would be going too far in his opinion to expect it from him in me their mistress had i been ever so high-born it was not amiss because i and they every one of us were his I in one degree, Mr. Longman in another, Mrs. Jervis in another, but from a man of his high temper and manner of education, I knew I could never hope for it, so would not lose everything by grasping at too much. But in the midst of all these comfortable proceedings and my further charming hopes, a nasty masquerade threw into his way a temptation which for a time blasted all my prospects, and indeed made me doubt my own head almost. For judge my disappointment when I found all my wishes frustrated, all my prayers rendered ineffectual, his very morality which I had flattered myself in time I should be an humble instrument to exalt into religion, shocked and in danger, and all the work to begin over again, if offended grace should ever again offer itself to the dear, willful trespasser. But who should pretend to scrutinize the counsels of the Almighty, for out of all this evil appearance was to proceed the real good I had been so long and so often supplicating for the dear man was to be on the brink of relapsing it was proper that i should be so very uneasy as to assume a conduct not natural to my temper and to raise his generous concern for me and in the very crisis divine grace interposed made him sensible of his danger made him resolve against his error before it was yet too late and his sliding feet quitting the slippery path he was in collected new strength and he stood the firmer and more secure for his peril 
for having happily put a stop to that affair and by his uniform conduct for a considerable time showed me that i had nothing to apprehend from it he was pleased when we were last at tunbridge and in very serious discourse upon divine subjects to say to this effect is there not my pamela a text that the unbelieving husband shall be saved by the believing wife whilst he beholds her chaste conversation coupled with fear i need not tell you my dear mr b that there is nor where it is then my dear i begin to hope that will be my case for from a former affair of which this spot of ground puts me more in mind i see so much reason to doubt my own strength which i had built and as i thought securely on moral foundations that i must look out for a better guide to conduct me than the proud word honour can be in the general acceptance of it among us lively young gentlemen how often have i promised and i never promised but i intended to perform that i would be faithfully and only yours how often declared that i did not think i could possibly deserve my pamela till i could show her in my own mind a purity as nearly equal to hers as my past conduct would admit of but i depended too much upon my own strength and i am now convinced that nothing but religious considerations and a resolution to watch over the very first appearances of evil and to check them as they arise can be of sufficient weight to keep steady to his good purpose a vain young man too little accustomed to restraint and too much used to play upon the brink of dangers from a temerity and love of intrigue natural to enterprising minds i would not make this declaration of my convictions to you till i had thoroughly examined myself and had reason to hope that i should be enabled to make it good and now my pamela from this instant you shall be my guide and only taking care that you do not all at once by injunctions too rigorous damp and discourage the rising flame i will leave it to you to direct as you please till by degrees it may be deemed worthy to mingle with your own judge how rapturous my joy was upon this occasion and how ready i was to bless god for a danger so narrowly escaped which was attended with the very consequences that i had so long prayed for and which i little thought the divine providence was bringing about by the very means that i apprehended would put an end to all my pleasing hopes and prospects of that nature it is in vain for me to seek words to express what i felt and how i acted on this occasion i heard him out with twenty different and impatient emotions and then threw myself at his feet embracing his knees with arms the most ardently clasped my face lifted up to heaven and to him by turns my eyes overflowing with tears of joy which half choked up the passage of my words at last his kind arms clasping my neck and kissing my tearful cheek i could only say my ardent prayers are at last heard 
May God Almighty confirm your pious purposes, and oh, what a happy Pamela have you at your feet. I wept for joy till I sobbed again, and he, raising me to his kind arms, I said, to have this heavenly prospect, O oh, best beloved of my heart, added to all my earthly blessings, how shall I contain my joy, for O oh, to think that he is and will be mine, and I his through the mercies of God, when this transitory life is past and gone to all eternity. What a rich thought is this! Methinks I am already, dear sir, ceasing to be mortal, and beginning to taste the perfections of those joys, which this thrice welcome declaration gives me hope of hereafter. But what shall I say, obliged as I was beyond expression before, and now doubly obliged, in the rapturous view you have opened to me into a happy futurity? he said he was delighted with me beyond expression that i was his ecstatic charmer that the love i showed for his future good was the moving proof of the purity of my heart and my affection for him and that very evening he joined with me in my retired duties and at all proper opportunities favours me with his company in the same manner listening attentively to all my lessons as he calls my cheerful discourses on serious subjects and now my dear parents do you not rejoice with me in this charming charming appearance for before i had the most generous the most beneficent the most noble the most affectionate but now i am likely to have the most pious of husbands what a happy wife what a happy daughter is his and your pamela god of his infinite mercy continue and improve the ravishing prospect i was forced to leave off here to enjoy the charming reflections which this lovely subject and my blessed prospects filled me with and now proceed to write a few lines more i am under some concern on account of our going to travel into some roman catholic countries for fear we should want the public opportunities of divine service for i presume the ambassador's chapel will be the only protestant place of worship allowed of and paris the only city in france where there is one but we must endeavour to make it up in our private and domestic duties for as the phrase is when we are at rome we must do as they do at rome that is to say so far as not to give offence on the one hand to the people we are among nor scandal on the other by compliances hurtful to one's conscience but my protector knows all these things so well no place in what is called the grand tour being new to him that i have no reason to be very uneasy and now let me by letter as i did on my knees at parting beg the continuance of your prayers and blessings and that god will preserve us to one another and give us and all our worthy friends a happy meeting again can't you may be sure will be our first visit on our return for your sakes for my dear davers's and my little pamela's sake who will be both put into your protection while my billy and miss goodwin for since i began this letter it is 
so determined are to be my delightful companions for mr b declared his temper wants looking after and his notices of everything are strong and significant poor little dear he has indeed a little sort of perverseness and headstrongness as one may say in his will yet he is but a baby and i hope to manage him pretty well for he notices all i say in every look of mine already he is besides very good-humoured and willing to part with anything for a kind word and this gives me hopes of a docile and benevolent disposition as he grows up i thought when i began the last paragraph but one that i was within a line of concluding but it is to you and of my babies i am writing so shall go on to the bottom of this new sheet if i do not directly finish which i do with assuring you both that wherever i am i shall always be thoughtful of you and remember you in my prayers as becomes your ever dutiful daughter p b my respects to all your good neighbours in general mr longman will visit you now and then mrs jervis will take one journey into kent she says and it shall be to accompany my babies when carried down to you poor jonathan and she good folks seem declining in their health which grieves me once more god send us all a happy meeting if it be his blessed will adieu adieu my dear parents your ever dutiful etc End of letter 98